And we're live. Howdy, folks. John here. Coming to you live today, I am in the beautiful city of Detroit, Michigan, home of the Motown, home of the everything, folks. I mean, this, this place is gorgeous, and it's, you know, happy Sunday. Weather up here is pretty good, you know, kind of chilly, and it's nice, though. It's nice. Special guest here today. He's a friend of mine. He's a collector. Vintage, folks. I'm talking real vintage. Also runs Your Dad's Closet with Cujo. Here, folks, we have Mr. Nicholas DeTori. Hey. Hey, John. How's it going? Good afternoon, Nick. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Um, I... We're over here at a at a Nick's spot, undisclosed location. But when I kind of walked in, he got he's got some uh, he's got some goodies around here. He's got some Stussy stuff. He's got some cause drip, some mid century modern. So yeah. I like how you really I like how you uh, curated the, curated the joint, man. It's, Thank you. Thank it's, you. Uh, it's very nice. We try to stay different. We try to keep it keep, keep it. You know, good, it's everybody's fresh. got their own little style. So <laughs> I like how you put it together. It's um, Super pristine, I should say. Thank you, thank you. Let's kind of let's rewind a little bit. Let's take it back to um, kind of where we met. Yeah, the good days. The good days, and this <laughs> was um, yeah, the good old days, man. This was I uh, probably like 20, 2018, and I was working at uh, StockX, and then there was a new hire, and I seen this man with these trucker hat on with a little vintage tee. I said, "Who's this buddy?" So I go up. I was like, "Yo, bro, what's your name? What's up?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my name's Nick, and like that we took it, it just kind of like went off from there. Yeah, and I dapped him up, and it was awesome. Oh, this guy's cool. You know, he, he kind of speaks with like a chill tone. He's he's got some pretty good drip on. It looks like he knows his vintage. He's got a, like what was, what was it, like a vintage Pistons or Bulls snapback or something. Oh yeah, it was probably the Pistons. Yeah, the '89, '89 champs snapback. Yeah. Yep, that was my thing. Was then. it a starter cap or? I think a, I, mean, I don't think that one was starter, but I definitely had a couple starter ones in the rotation. Yeah, and then honestly, the rest is history from there. And and we kind of built the bond of of coworkers. And you know, when you go to work full time and you're you're dapping up your homie, you're pulling up, and you just kind of in, enjoy the the moments that you kind of share at work. And I kind of looking at you, and you're copping all this vintage stuff, and kind of break it down to what kind of got you into the what made that sparkle in your eye of on some oh I love clothes and kind of break it down from from the beginning it started it started more so well first of all it started in high school it was me and Nick Kujowski and we started it together it was more the idea of money it was just how can we make some money and the dots just kind of connected we we never saw anybody else doing it we just we would go to Plato's Closets. We would go to not Salvation Armies as much, not Goodwills as much at first. We started out at more so resale sh- stores and consignment shops because we would just generally find better stuff. And I remember one day we got these two starter jackets. There was a, it, was, it was this dope uh, Red Wing starter pullover and a Lakers starter pullover. And we were looking them up on eBay afterwards, and they were going for like, I mean, like around hundred bucks, and I mean, just kind of connect to the dots from there. We paid twenty for each of them. They're going for eBay on a hundred. They're going for a hundred on eBay. I mean, there's just money to be made, and there was a lot more than just those starter jackets in there. So it was it, it was just easy from that point. 
Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, also in my eyes when it comes to, obviously, when you're talking about the vintage, there's always that, you know, that, oh, I can make a couple dollars here. I can flip this and that. You know, I guess you guys, you know, that hustle mentality, I'd say, yeah. on some, okay, maybe I can make a buck from here. And actually, hey, I kind of like this shit at the same time. Yep. So, you know, that's dope. And um, throughout the years, I've seen your kind of your archive and your collection grow. I mean, you constantly get stuff in, move stuff out. And what are kind of the specialties that, that you love right now? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a good question. There's... it. Basically, I mean, once we started to, that's when the love really set in and you have to love it in order to be good at it. You have to love it, folks. You have to. You have to be a collector. I mean, you're definitely not going to make the most money by being a collector. That's the constant battle is what do I keep? What do I sell? But I don't know. We, we We go for a lot of things. Most recently... It's been, I mean, anything T-shirts, but, I mean, we focus on the band tees. We love Red Hot Chili Peppers, anything Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, all day long, I'm looking for anything Kanye, anything old Kanye that came out. That stuff goes into my deep And while we're sitting here right behind Nick Dottori, folks, (laughs) there's a framed photo of Kanye West, and it's autographed, and it looks sick. Yeah, but, that's one of my special. Yeah, I know. I've seen, I think back in the day, you had a couple of the the Kanye West, uh, the Glow in the Dark tour shirts from yep. the stronger era yeah a couple of those that's a that's a great tour there's good merch from that tour um did it actually go the shirt actually glow in the dark the shirt i don't think actually does some of them might but the ones that i had didn't and i've still got a few of those like i said those oh, you got those, them. You, you, those are rarely for sale <laughs> i remember back in the day i would um you'd say yo pull up to this undisclosed location folks and i'll pull up and you open the door but he's got a Marlboro red in his mouth, chiefing with the trucker hat on, looking like a John Deere folk. And I was like, yo, we vibing. And then we pull in this room and it's like, bro, just racks and racks of clothes on clothes on clothes. I was like, bro, what are you doing? What, what, where are we? What are you doing? And I was like, bro, this is, where you, is this like where you keep the undisclosed location archive pieces? Yeah. And I mean, I've got, I've got my stuff. Kujo's got his stuff and it's all, it's all our stuff, but it's it's pretty impressive what he's got over at his place. He's got more room, and uh, that's where we keep most of the stuff. And it's we're just kind of stocking up. We uh, have taken sort of a different approach than most people because there's a lot of people doing what we do, and we're just uh, we're just kind of sitting back watching things. Yeah, I definitely wanna wanna uh, bring this up when it comes to the the word vintage, just. That's probably the most spoken word within the last five years is the word vintage. When I hear, in my personal opinion, and I have an extreme background when it comes to clothes, and honestly, every single category, and do the research, folks. It's, I mean, I've done the research, and I've, I've, I've acquired these products. I've smelled the products. I've tasted leathers and cottons, folks. I, I know my shit, <laughs> and Nick Dottori does too, and a lot of people do know their shit. But when I hear you know, the word vintage, it's, it's almost like saying the word clothing. There's so many different categories of vintage you can go into, whether it would be I'd be in like the whole very vintage Western stuff from, let's say, the 60s or the 70s. Some people might think a vintage T-shirt would be from the 90s. Some people might even think vintage is from the 2000s. Vintage is such a broad terminology that people throw around, just like the word clothing or, or you know, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. And there's like you said. You guys run that Instagram page, YouTube, right? And it's um, basically yes. like your, your online e-commerce. And you guys, what you guys, buy, sell, and trade on there? 
Yeah, buy, sell. Not as much trade, but it's always possible. But yeah, I mean, there's really just lots of different ways and lots of different things, lots of different parts of vintage. And the term vintage is definitely very loosely thrown around. It's it's vintage doesn't mean used clothing. It, 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 there's a, That's a gr- <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that. Can you just say that one more time? Vintage does not mean used clothing. It, it, we, I think me and Kujo have agreed before that it has to be at least 20 years old to use that term, but it's still, it's, it's still, that doesn't even necessarily feel right. When I go to some of these guys' houses and I'm buying, buying a bag full of shirts from some 60 year old guy, he, I can't call those vintage to him. Those, those his, aren't Because his definition of vintage would be something else because he's probably 60, 70, yep. 60 whatever years vintage old. Vintage for him is 50. Vin- vintage for him is, oh, 1940. I was wearing yep. Levi, Levi trucker jackets. <laughs> uh, and then vintage, he's going to say, oh, no, that's not vintage. And then, you know, it's got, depending on your age and, and your experience, you know, vintage, might, it means different things. Exactly. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's but as <laughs> good... Um, Good orange juice, folks. But I guess realizing from so like you've acquired like throughout the year so many crazy pieces. What what's kind of I don't mean I know my personal handful of, of favorite uh, vintage. But when you're kind of hunting for this vintage, what are your like as of current time today? What's your like favorite brands to look for? That's a good question. That always changes. Um for a couple different reasons. Uh, my interests change whatever I'm wearing, my style, that changes from time to time. So I'm looking for things based on the style and I'm looking for things based on the resale value. When it just, with the resale value, there's a lot of hype. Uh, I mean, we were selling Tommy Hilfiger in Polo, what, probably two and a half, three years ago. And that's when it was so fuego. It was, like the it market was, it was, was hot. That, that's what was cool. And it, and it was, and I mean, now it's just not like that. So it just kind of depends what's hot, what's not. I mean, it's not champion and Tommy Hilfiger anymore. It's, I, I remember just like, it was a couple years ago. And like, when you're referring to that era of, of what's hot vintage wise to the mainstream market, I say, we, well, exactly, we're referring yes. to kind of like the mainstream market of what's hot during the time. And I remember like a couple years ago, it was, you know, the champion script, the champion reversed weave. You wanted the whole flavor combo, folks, that nice ribbing on the neck, the mm-hmm. long cuffs, the um, the script sweatpants with the nice cuff. And to this day, one of my personal favorite, when it comes to, we'll talk about sweatwear for a second, and it's Russell Athletic. Currently on my body right now, we'll kind of break down what we're wearing real quick, just give folks a visual. I'm doing a, the white Russell Athletic crew neck. It's got a nice boxy fit to it. It's a medium, um, double RL, salvaged, um, one rinse denim. It's a high rise with a slim lower. Smart wool socks, Calvin Klein boxer briefs, uh, Seiko watch. Wait, don't forget about the classic. I know you folks see me in the Aspen corduroy cap Beautiful. that I wear every day. That's broken in so nice to my head, and it just kind of keeps my head warm. What, what you rocking right now? I mean, I got on... I got on the APC pants. APC oh, pants with nice the Martine cut. Rose fleece. That Martine is drip, folks. That's like a floral, like turtle hoodie neck with the long. Sl- How much? I need it. <laughs> this I, I got a good price. Good price. It's sold out now. I have to steal your swag, good man. Price. I, should, I love it though. I like that piece. Love it. But vintage yeah. shirt. I got a vintage T-shirt on underneath. Yeah. A nice little rodeo, oh. 
rodeo, just ran a vintage shirt from the eighties. Yeah. And then remember, um, going back to like the whole like athletic wear and then like you were saying, the Tommy Hill figure. And like, yep. I remember I thrifted this puffer jacket at the Salvo up in, um, Shelby somewhere. And it was like, this was like 2016, 17, oh, like yeah. pretty early. This is where they're going for big bucks. Big like I'm money. talking a buck Good 50, fine, $200. Man, yeah. Like talking, it was, it was exactly yep. what you wanted. It was a Tommy Hill figure puffer block color block. Yep. You got your red, white, and blue. Huge graphic, great condition, men's large. And I ended up picking up for like, dude, like it was kind of a lot, $16. Which is, you know, Salvation Army be taxed, and that shit should they be do, $4. Do. But I'll pay the 16 I coughed up the chicken, swiped my card, and then I put up on eBay, and some dude um, overseas bought it for like a buck 80 or something. Yep. Same, like with, literally within like 20 minutes. You know, I get that quick eBay sale, and I was on some. Damn, that's kind of funny. Shipped that boy right out. It was so puffy. You had to like smush it in the box and shit. Yep. Um, and then also like you had a lot at one point. It was the Marlboro adventure stuff. The whole windbreaker. Whole windbreaker scene was ridiculous at one point, dude. Everybody yeah, and their the grandmother wanted any windbreaker. Adidas, Reebok, Nike, Nike mm-hmm. uh, Starter, like you were saying, the yep. Red Wing and um, whatever. Toronto Maple Leafs, whatever freaking... <laughs> Um, team people just wanted them and they wanted them with the snapbacks the vintage snapbacks and they had to be dead stock folks they had to be the dead stock snapbacks with the green under brim with the oh. tag still attached <laughs> and if you pulled that out with the crispy flat brim with the starter jacket maybe throw on some you know throw on some skinny pants and some some whatever and you're looking in that era of 2016 or so you're looking like a pimp. You're walking out looking crispy. Oh, Maybe yes. your shorty, your girlfriend got it. Also, she got the oversized windbreaker on. She's the Tommy jeans. She got the Tommy oh, jeans, yeah. the high rise. Maybe a little boyfriend cut style action going with a wider, uh, wider leg opening. But I'm just kind of visualizing that from like a couple years ago. And if you fast forward to today's, like, what are people like? From what I see, like people are. What are they buying now? They're buying like the super random. Kind t-shirts of are super big. random graphic tees with a dope yep. graphic. It'll be like an old John Deere t-shirt with a tractor, single stitch, maybe a screen stars. Stuff like that is um, really, really popular overseas. We we sell a lot of stuff to Japan, stuff like that. They like American, good, true American t-shirts. John Deere, beer shirts, stuff like that's popular over there. The Harley Davidson 3D Emblem shirts. Oh, that's man. big so money overseas. From, I've ne- I've personally never been to Japan, but from what I see and... The Japanese folks, when they when they make American goods, they make them with such high quality because the Japanese folks pay so close attention to quality materials and craftsmanship. So, and they love buying these American goods, and and like you were saying, they love the Harley stuff, and they love Levi. Oh my lord, they love vintage Levi, and I've I've sold a lot definitely to the overseas folks, even in Europe. You know the Parisian folks, the Italians. They love the they love the Levi and like the made in the USA. That if their tag says made in the USA, if you live overseas, you want that shit. You know, if you're talking seventies, eighties, nineties, and it's you know it's in pretty good condition and it's it's a, a it's a kind of like um, a hot product and you know folks want it and sometimes you can't really it's you know it's more abundant here than obviously it is over there. I'm assuming. Yeah, the the Levi's in general, Levi's for me are huge. Levi, I I, I, I mean, love I, my Levi's. I, you you do love your Levi's, man, and you got a you got a dog collection, and I have a you know I've 
when you find like it took it probably took me over like it takes so many months and probably even a year or so to find just that one 505 with a 29 waist and 30 inseam that's in this condition with the tag still being shown it's not no funky fit it's got maybe a button fly and it's like when you get that one pair of levi that fits you amazingly you rock that shit forever Dude, and it's like heaven. You, you you got that you have that one pair that just like this is it like that fit on your waist the leg opening's perfect you can cuff it if you want uncuff it like it just you you got that pair no i uh just jeans in general especially vintage jeans like old jeans and we i i, I there's nothing i really enjoy more that's just if when i can if i can find myself a good pair of pants that's that's just the best i mean that's where we. That's that's how I start my outfit is with my pants. I don't go from the shoes. I go from pants, and we work from there. But the Levi's are great. I I've got probably like fifteen pairs right now that are orange tab, and those are um, they're all good size too. That's the hardest part, as John just mentioned. The size is I mean, you can find Levi's, but not in the size that people are gonna want and people are gonna wear. So, yeah, it's because, um, you know, I'll be at the value world, you know, for shits and giggles. I'd hop in and yeah, I'll find a size 40 <laughs> orange tab, basically yep. beautiful, distressing Levi's. It's like, bro, I am a 28, 29 waist. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do with a size 40? Who the hell do I know? I don't, know where's a size, I don't 40? think size 40. The guy that's wearing size 40 is uh, really cares too much about. What what kind oh, of jeans yeah, is no, wearing? Yeah, no, no offense to I me. Mean, if you were size forty, <laughs> that's cool, guys. But I'm just saying, um, you know, your most, you're talking about your most, your common sizes for, you know, folks, you know, in their twenties or so. It's probably going to be your twenty eight, thirty, thirty two, thirty three, thirty four. You know, sizes like that. That's you know, kind of most most um, we wear. And for me personally, like finding denim when I'm at the value world is so damn hard bro it's hard i'm at the do. men's section there's probably one size 30 in the whole section i'm yeah. and like when you get to a point where you can kind of look you don't even got to touch the clothes you can just kind of get this razor eye vision and scan the side of the the tab and the in the the levi pocket and you can in your brain it just like connects the dots and you don't even need to touch the denim you can visually see how thick it is probably what year it's from and maybe even what size it is depending on how it's like put on the hanger it's, it's ridiculous because we look at so much denim and you look at thrifting so much throughout the years and you can kind of just you got this like razor vision looking at the clothes but my best um trick would be not really trick but for a smaller waist size like myself i go in the the boys section Mm. And then I go in the female section and look at the yep. denim and there's always some dope high rise pants in the women's section that are like barely worn. Like it'll still be that rigidness to it. Yeah. You can just always check women's. That's, that's like rule number. I don't know what rule number it is. It's, rule, it's on the rule right, list though. Um, we actually have a handbook here for the <laughs> psych. You don't got the handbook. Do it yourself folks. Yeah. No, you, you got to check women's. You got to be thorough. There's definitely tricks. The longer you go thrifting, the longer you try to do this stuff, the easier it becomes. I'll, I'll say this now. I mean, speaking in today's standards, thrift shops are they're basically borderline chopped. It's a it's it's a it's a difficult. It's world done. Out here. It's not like how it used to be, bro. You got to be creative. Not at all. And you pop in, you know, you're gonna see Sally Jane, the hipster folks looking through the racks. Yep. Look at these folks looking, and you walk in, it's wiped out. 
and at this point in 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 my I guess at this point in my life when it comes to I kind of know what I like I know what I don't like I know what I'm looking for so I'm better off just going on eBay or Depop finding that one item in my size that I specifically want rather than like going to a thrift but I always like to pop into thrift for the nostalgia factor kind of brings me back to my high school days where you know I didn't really have much money so if I wanted to kind of piece up a fit get some vintage with mix it with a little bit of the high fashion yep. you know I can go to a thrift shop and and do that so when you're low on the funds folks you can go to the thrift you can put together a great fit and let me tell you this the quality will be superior to then what's being made nowadays whether it be like the H&M Zara the super fast fashion bad for the environment bad for the carbon footprint bullshit we don't don't wear that stuff folks no. buy used buy pre-owned it's way better quality it'll last you longer and you'll look cool wearing it yeah that's really what it, it actually comes down to you you're just buying better quality you're buying something that has meaning that has purpose it was made um, I mean if it's vintage it was probably made here in America that stuff you just can't you, it's not the same anymore you can go to walmart and you can buy a t-shirt for 15 dollars or you could buy like a vintage t-shirt for 15 dollars and that that 15 dollars shirt from walmart was made overseas um and good luck having it in six months it'll fall apart in the dryer if you dry it on too high of heat the vintage shirt it's it's been around it's it's 40 it's already been it's, here for 40 it's got years history man it's got a it's got its own tale of itself and i want to kind of tell you the story one time where i was in the market for a vintage lucchese boot from a specific era and it was from the early 70s the late 70s where lucchese was making them handmade in san antonio texas and i was just every day i would just look because i knew one day i knew one day i will come across the boot I am looking for in my size, in the specific color, and the era, and the condition. And that happened on probably the seventh or eighth month that I would look daily, you know, and it came, it came up, and I, was I got a notification saying, hey, it's been listed on eBay, and I click it. It was 100 bucks. It was a dead stock boot, never worn, 9.5D, my size. Bought it right away, and I was like, wow. Like, it took me this long to find that one item that's like, holy crap, this is it. And I messaged the, the seller because I was so excited. I was like, dude, like, how, where did you get this boot? How did you get this boot? Whose is it? Is it yours? Do you have any more? And he's like, he sent me a long paragraph, and I read it. He was on some, this was my grandfather's boot. He had a great boot collection. Yep. He lived in Texas. He was basically working on the farms his whole life, and he never wore this boot. And to this day, he loves cowboy boots, but... He can't wear them because he's handicapped, and I guess he can't pull the boot on. So it wouldn't be, you know, he just don't doesn't wear uh, Western boots anymore. And I was like, dude, like, thank you so much. Like, when I get this boot in, like, I will take care of it very much, and I will wear the freaking hell out of it and respect this boot. Respect your clothes, folks. And right when I got it in, I threw a gorgeous leather conditioner on it, you know, made that leather nice and healthy again because over time leather will dry. It can possibly dry rot and crack, so you got to make sure to condition it. And I also put in some boot trees to maintain the shape. And to this day, I, I wore the boot the other day, and I, I try to wear them sparingly just due to the fact that I want them to last as long as possible. And I love it, dude. So you got any, like, stories like that where the, an item you bought was had, like, a history behind it that kind of stuck with you? Yeah, there's there's many. It always – and that's the best part of it in – 
that's something me and Kujo have always talked about is the experiences and the things we're introduced to through doing this. We'll go and we'll meet up with somebody and that has a bunch of concert shirts from his childhood and younger years. And we buy all those and he'll tell us stories about the concerts where he, I mean, half the time these guys toured with the bands, they would follow them around the country. And the stories that we've heard from the guys are crazy. We'll find bands. I mean, we'll get shirts from bands that we didn't know and, then we'll go listen to their music. That's how I've learned so much music that I've learned. There was one guy specifically that we bought a bunch of shirts from who worked for Def Jam. And wow, Def Jam? Yeah, it was, uh, he had crazy stories. He lived in Warren, and it, it was awesome. He followed around. He was, Undisclosed location. Yes, yes. We He followed around a bunch of different bands. He was. Uh, we got some Dr. Dre stuff, old Pusshead artwork, um, beautiful shirts. That's, that's, a, that's a good shirt, and... It, the stories, the stuff that we take away from it, that's the best part. And it's just all, when it gets down to the actual clothes itself, it's just the detail, the fact that, like John just said, he was looking for those those boots for so long. And like, it's hard to find the stuff that we have. It's very unique. You can't get it anywhere else. And he could, you could get a pair of boots that probably look very similar to his at the mall right now, but that's not, that's not it. Like that's it's not it, Chief. It's not it's, the same. It's deeper. It's just deeper than it's, it's deeper than what it looks. You know, it's that's what we kind of kind of emphasize. It's it's much deeper and to just it's so deep, like and and thought out, where some people might might make it look so easy or might oh he's just oh those are just some boots whatever. No, it's like when it it's much deeper than that for me exactly. You may not agree. That's cool. That's fine. I'm not here to bash you. You know, it's fine. You like your shit. I like mine. But um, when it comes to some of these pieces, it it, it means more. But going back on, the, you're talking about the band tees. There was a there was an auction I came across. I think it was 2017 or 2016. It was for a Pink Floyd tie dye '94 Yankee Stadium T-shirt. You probably seen that. You know the shirt. I've yeah. That's the Division Bell tour. Think. Correct, and yep. it had, I forgot what tag it was. Oh, Onita, Oneta. Oh, yep, yep, great tag. We love. I, I would like to add really quick that I could actually, I think, have sex with some shirt tags. They, there's nothing I love more. There's nothing more beautiful in the world than some of these tags. They're oh so God. the graphic, the font, the, the typography, or whatever you want to call it, the material. You feel that tag, and you look at that. I can look at that tag for five minutes and just kind of ponder, and like I might, might smooch it. I might give it. I might give the tag a little smooch. <laughs> Yeah, no, we love it. We love dude, it all. The details, and just the dude, craftsmanship, like you said. The box. You've never. I've never seen a shirt that's more boxy than this Pink Floyd shirt, dude. It was like a rectangle. That's how it was. So boxy, it was a rectangle. The armpit to pit to pit measurement was probably thirty inches. I tell you, and the length was probably twenty four inches. You know what that looks like on body. You yep. know what a pit to pit in a a longer pit to pit than length. You know how boxy that looks? And then listen to this, bro. The best part about that shirt that I want it. I want it for 35 bucks. Damn. And guess what it came with? The what? original ticket stub yep. that's the from kind of, the That's show. the kind of shit that happens, bro. That's the kind of shit that happens. You always, you'll get something. I bought the Levi book. It came with the Huey Lewis in the News. It had a free admission pass. It wasn't from long ago, but it was from, I think, 95, which is just always... It's crazy. It's so cool. It's so dope. And I like I'd won that auction. I wore the hell out of that t shirt and I ended up selling it for like over two hundred bucks. But I sometimes you gotta part ways, folks. You gotta part ways. If you love something so much, you gotta let it free. Oh, and that's the beauty of it. You paid how much? 
$35. And you sold it for how much? 200 and some change. And you wore it for how long? Probably. I had it for, I owned it for about two years. There, that's it. That's what, so he, he bought something, he wore it and then sold it for more. And that's what I do. That's what we do. We don't buy things that depreciate in value. We only buy things that go up in value. Everything we buy has, it's, it, it's no garbage. There's, there's no garbage. This isn't, folks, like this, this isn't your $20 vintage D. Like, bro, one day you posted a photo of a smashing pumpkin shirt. That graphic was insane. It was a giant tag. Yes, no, the graphic giant was insane. It was a smashing pumpkin shirt with like this little girl holding a pumpkin or crying or something like no, that. No, that's Siamese, Siamese Dream. That's a Siamese Dream Holy shirt. I think crap. it's 93, and 93, 94. But yeah, you ended up, um, I ended up linking you to a sale. I sent you my homie. Yeah, Rosie. Yeah, and she, she ended up buying yeah, it. Yeah, shout out to Rosie. For, she, she, yeah, uh, she, good, she paid good. up for it. It was a great shirt. Oh, bro, what did you sell it for? I think 400, three or four. Would, but now they're worth no, more. Now, That's the thing. <laughs> now, the thing now, you know what that shirt will probably worth? Like I, I, $600, I $800 on God. Yeah, $6,700. Yeah, we're not over, like, I'm not over exact. Like, like this shirt probably pops up on the market eh, once every 12, 15 months, maybe even if. Mm -hmm. Like, and if it's for sale, you're they're they're listing it up for 1200 bucks, maybe 1000 bucks, And you sold it for, what, three, four? And then, but just look, like, that shirt's gonna be gone like forever. Yep. No, I'll I'll probably never like, see one again. I have this, and then I'll ask you the same question after because I'm kind of curious. But I got this like one of my like personal, like crazy pieces that I have is um, it's kind of an explicit T-shirt. It's a dead Kennedys kill the poor. It's so thin. It's like thinner. If you bring a box of Kleenex and you pull out a tissue and put this T-shirt next to it, that my T-shirt is thinner than that Kleenex tissue paper. Like just so thin. You're literally it's wearing got, air. I think it's got blood stains on it. It's got horrible stains. The sleeve are cut off. It's ripped everywhere. It's literally shred the pieces. I put it in a Ziploc bag and keep it in my basement in a box. Yep. And I just want to let it sit there. And I probably wore it only a handful of times. And that shirt, it's there's no T-shirt. There's no Dead Kennedys Kill the Poor from the 70s t-shirt out there. There is none. And I have that one, and I put it up for like a 1000 bucks before, but I was like, what am I doing? Let me just um, let me just take it off for sale. It I'd, nice. rather, I'd rather just keep it. But what's that one like ridiculous piece you own now or have owned in the past that's like well over like a 1000 bucks or the most insane piece probably you ever owned? Well, first, the... Best thing I ever thrifted, which was straight out of Value World. It was Eight Mile, uh, Value World and Eight Mile. It's on the west side, at Green, Telegraph Green, Green, far far out west, right? Yeah, it's um right by a uh, DMV. I don't remember exactly. I think it's like Eight Mile and Coolidge, something like that. But there, I found um, a Polo Snow Beach jacket that we ended up selling for eighteen hundred, and I paid Holy seven dollars for it. Yeah, that was um that was the first big big home run we hit. I found, a f I mean, a few things that turned into crazy, that turned into pretty big money. I got a, um, an early 2000s Gucci bomber bag at, um, I think it was a Value World as well. I paid 50 bucks for it at the Value World, which was... That's was insane amount of money, <laughs> folks, if you're thinking about a Value World. 50 bucks, I could never... No, they like, tax. Yeah, it's insane. Like if, tax, it, if it's man. behind the counter, was it behind the counter? They caught on. They caught on. All they these, caught all these, on. All these people on. going hey, in but there. But listen, they caught on, but not hard enough. No, they didn't. I mean, that bag, I uh, I have up for 2K right now. I'll probably take anything over like 12, 1,200. Wait, you have it? Is it? Is it here right now? It is here. It is Show here. me it later. I will. I, I definitely it. will. It's a, it's a beautiful bag, but... 
that's just the kind of stuff you can come across, and that's why you always you gotta always stop into the thrift stores pop, still. Yeah, pop in, yeah. It's not gonna it might not be what it used to be, but you still gotta you gotta just, you gotta go. Sometimes you get you know, sometimes you're just in that mood to pop in and just it's it's like, you know, it's almost like going to the casino and spending zero dollars but walking out with possibly money. You, you know? Just, you never know. It's, no, it's, it, yeah, you it's, could it's you never know you what you're doing. You always gotta find. pop in, but you know, folks do your research. <laughs> Some folks don't know what they're looking for. It's cool. I know you guys, you know, some of you guys are young out there, you know, 18, 19 years old and um, trying to get into the vintage or learn more about it. just, just, you know, it's, it's almost like, I don't, you know, it's almost like the kid who gets his driver's license at 16 years old and he gets a brand new car and he thinks he's a race car driver. He thinks he knows everything. Folks, if you're new to the game, you gotta, you gotta pay the admission. You gotta do your research and get the experience. Then once five, you know, 10 years surpasses, you can start becoming an expert in, in, in the field of whatever that would, would be. But oh. it's fun, man. I mean, I, I enjoy it so much. And it is fun. right when I walked into you know Nick's place and I was wearing this, the it's a shot goat skin G1 flight jacket that they wore in World War II. Beautiful. And the, like Nick's seen, he's like, holy shit, like, that jacket's crazy. And it's like so like, the thing weighs probably 15 pounds. The quality is insane. Yeah. And like, bro, like I weigh 135 and this wearing a, a jacket that weighs probably 15 pounds and it's weighing me down because it's so damn heavy. And then uh, Nick pops out with this like nude beige color jacket with the fringes on. He's like, yo, this is the jacket Shia LaBeouf was wearing in the photo with F. T-A, F-K-A, Twigs, excuse me. He was like, bro, like, this jacket's dope. It fits me well, but it fits me too well. I might, like, I was like, yo, let me buy it. Yep. We agreed on a price, undisclosed price, bought the jacket. I can't wait to wear it. I'm sitting right there, like, the super buttery leather. Oh, man. What are some, what's, like, your most recent cops right now? Uh, recently, I, I th posted on Instagram, I think. I got a, it was 2006 uh, Kanye fragment clot shirt from the touch the sky tour Holy in hong shit. kong you no, have it in person yes i do have show it. me I'll later show you that <laughs> later too i uh that i've been looking for actually for a couple years and that one was pretty big to find i wouldn't call that true vintage but that goes into my kanye collection um that's it's a crazy shirt that's it's a very rare t-shirt it's dead sock too so i'm definitely happy to have added that to the collection the one of the more recent vintage things I got, I got an original um, 1982 B-52's Mesopotamia T-shirt on on uh, blue screen stars tag, which is which is actually one of my dream shirts. I've been looking for that shirt for forever, and I found one once. It was size small, which size small on the screen size stars. small screen stars is a triple X for small. <laughs> from 82, yeah, that's not fitting. No, that's, that wouldn't fit a child. A, no, that would that would literally not even fit anybody's girlfriend nope. that wouldn't even fit a baby that nope. uh, no tiny no but i got it in a in a large screen stars large which is pretty perfect that's about a small medium current day but that was one of my uh, that was one of the shirts i've been looking for for a long time so i'm glad i finally got that one that'll go into the collection for a while yeah that's dope man i'm looking at michigan dunks right there which i took an l on on the sneakers app classic shoe I love them. They made they re-released that dunk. It's just so a beautiful many, shoe. It's a it's gorgeous classic. shoe, and and uh, I know Michigan and Michigan State play at the Big House yep. uh, on Halloween Day, twenty twenty. So I might pop out to Ann Arbor, see what's see what yeah, the love vibes Ann Arbor. are. Ann Arbor. I love I love Ann Arbor, yep. and you know I love that that 
I'm not sure what the exact. Yeah, Michigan has probably gonna get mad, but I'm not sure. Like, what is it? The maize, I think maize, maize corn yellow and, and navy, <laughs> whatever the hell you, Mich- the Michigan the Ann Arbor folks shoe. call it. But that, that colorway is, I mean, the color is gorgeous. And um, eighty-five, ma- first one came out in eighty-five. I think it was yeah, it was eighty-five. Yep. I think somewhere in that yep. ballpark. Um, they, they, I mean, they, they re-retro that shoe so many times, yep. like every couple of years and the quality is different and different and different, but it's a great shoe and the hype on dunks and Nike, I, I'm not buying into it. No, it's, it's, but a big game. I'm, I'm observing it. That's you know? what people are it's saying. Ridiculous. These shoes were on, uh, in the outlet stores for 80 bucks last time they came out. I think, I don't know when the last time oh, they came out was 26, 20, 15, it was 14, 15 or 16. One of those years, yeah, it, it they was. were nothing. And the quality no, was butter. Get them at the outlet. Oh, the quality was butterscotch. Yep. Quality was. Oh, I think I had. I th- I, don't quote me on this, folks, but it might have had a leather interior. I don't know. The, I don't know. These ones too. The quality is. Um, uh, eh, it's like it's. It's I, okay. Yeah, I mean, I can just kind of tell the way the swoosh curves right there. It's that leather that Nike's been using lately. That's for their ones, kind of, and their their dunks, where it's super soft. But when it wears, it's like, eh, it looks like a poor. I mean that it's we're just, not saying Nike's quality at all folks but they can I've seen what they're able to do in yes. the past and when they want to make a shoe nice they when they, they want to make it nice yeah they'll they'll trust me folks like they can they can make it nice but when they want to make it shitty they'll go beyond shitty it's yep. ridiculous that's the stock X that's where the stock X touch comes in when we that, I'll never look at shoes the same way again no because I mean, we were kind of we were like me and Nick were like back to back at stock X we'd have like the leaderboards show up and oh, we would fun. be authenticating these shoes and like we can't, we like I, we literally cannot explain like the process we did because it's so like ridiculous and it, it was, and it was kind crazy. of insane. But imagine checking fifty to sixty shoes per hour and like you click, you touch a box. It might be a hundred dollar shoe. It might be a one thousand dollar shoe. It might be a two thousand dollar shoe. And just like smelling these shoes, feeling the smelling fabric, the shoes. looking for defects. Bro, since, like since we worked smelling there, smelling shoes. I've lost brain cells I sh- smelling I smell shoes. Every shoe, every single shoe that I touch, I I smell. Now, thanks to StockX, I smell everything that I smell. Yeah. Anything I buy, I smell it. It's like crazy. Some people like if you know me, I smell anything. If it's a leather wallet, I smell it. I can judge the leather just by the smell. I love smelling shoes, used, pre-owned. I don't care. I love smelling the boots, different, different cotton. You know, it's it's kind. It's ridic. It sounds like it's ridiculous, but um, it's not no smelling fetish, folks. No, I'm not on that oh. sus shit. But it's um. Because your smell, your sense of smell is very important. Sometimes when you smell that item that comes in, you smell the history on it. Really? <laughs> I sound like a loony right now, but you know what I'm saying. No, it was like nostalgic when we worked at SockX and I was smelling all those shoes. It would like, it reminded me of the smell of the shoe of like the first pair of Jordans I bought in like seventh grade. The Laney, like I think it was eighth grade. Laney fives. Laney that was fives. my first pair of Jordans. Yeah, I loved those. I, I I should probably buy another pair soon, but. I remember. I mean, I just you smell those without trying to. You open the box and you you get a you just whiff. get that whiff. And sometimes the paper is so crispy on those old Jordan Five, the face box with Michael Jordan's arm stretched. I think or Good something box. along like oh no, that's the old box. But there was the black and silver box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the Laney's and the OG grapes, the 06, 07 era yep. with the metallics. Ooh, metallic fives. Yes. And you open the box and you got the retro card, bro. Yeah, with the crispy paper, it's so thick. The paper, even the paper nowadays they put in these Jordan boxes are junk. The paper back ten years ago, they paid more attention. To fifteen detail. years ago, oh, so thick, and you hear that beautiful crunch on the paper. You pull out the shoe, 
And it's just like the weight, the materials, the way it smells and put together, like, and the way you got to realize is the way it creases over time on the toe box. It's, it's all different. It's, it's crazy. And sometimes that netting will yellow and the, the sole will turn a little yellow and shit, but you know, that's character. It happens, you know, I have, I have a question for you. I wondered, do you, how, what kind of shoes? So you're wearing boots, you're wearing boots, you're wearing, you got like a whole style going right now. Are you stepping away from sneakers in a way, or how do you feel about it? What kind of shoes? So I mean, what do you got on your feet? So I like, like, I like how you Regularly. said, I like how you said um, earlier that your style kind of changes and stuff. But definitely, sometimes I, my brain will kind of be glued to a certain category, and right now my main concern is, a f- I want a full leather shoe or boot. There's a lot of, I'll break it down for you in a sec, but there's a lot of advantages to having full leather rather than anything synthetic on your foot. So first of all, folks, I always wear a wool sock. Wool is a moisture wicking properties. It's natural, comes from, you know, your sheeps. So when you wear a wool sock, automatically you're, you're looking good. Your feet will not smell. At the same time, they will stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer because it's got good properties. Second off, when I'm talking about that Lucchese boot I bought, it's made out of 100% full leather. Every single thing on that shoe is leather, which is ridiculous. I kind of break it down. So you have the outsole, which is a strip, a thick-ass strip of vegetable tanned leather. And vegetable tanned leather is basically leather that's been not dyed, but naturally dyed using like tree bark, oak bark, and stuff like that. And they layer them and they dig them underground. And over time, there's like some chemical reaction that happens that will naturally dye the leather. So without, because you want to, leather is skin, you know, like you guys, we wash our skin, we moisturize our skin, we try to keep it healthy. So same thing with leather, but the way they construct these boots is you have that, that leather on the outside and then you have the welt. The welt basically connects the upper of the shoe and the outsole of the shoe together using a medium. So like almost like your midsole connects to the welt. So you have that outsole, and that's why you can, side note, that's why you can resole some of these shoes. Take them to the cobbler. They chop off that bottom piece, and then that bottom piece isn't connected to the upper. It's connected to the welt, and the welt is connected to the upper. So when you take your boot to the cobbler or fancy dress shoe, they just strip off that welt. I mean, I'm sorry, not the welt, the outsole when it's worn out. They stitch it using the existing holes on the upper and the welt, and it connects the shoe back together, basically, so you can keep wearing the shoe. And going back to the Lucchese boot, it's got that welt. It's also got a steel shank near your arc, your I'm sorry, your arch area, which kind of gives you a little bit of support and rigidity, because the leather has when leather heats up, it'll naturally like to flex and mold your foot. So that steel shank or bamboo shank or leather shank, whatever they use, helps with the arch and keeps the rigidity of the shoe and to keep that shank in place when it's all leather they put lemon wood pegs they nail in by hand these pegs all around the shoe so they stitch the three-quarter front of the boot they hammer in these lemon wood pegs they use wood pegs and they don't you don't want to use you don't really want to use metal when it comes to putting the upper and lower together because with wood when it heats up or when it gets wet, it'll start expanding. It'll expand and contrast. So depending on the temperature of your foot, 
the leather will be a different type of stiffness and kind of mold differently. So instead of using a metal, uh, let's say copper nails, they stay the same, whether it's hot or cold, but wood, it changes when it's hot or cold and different moisture properties. And then that you build the heel block on the rear of the shoe. And, you know, a lot of times when you look at shoes nowadays, they have insoles. You can pop out a lot of sneakers nowadays, like with, with the Nikes and a lot of other stuff. You can remove your insole and put back your insole. With these cowboy boots, since it's all leather, there is no insole. When you, you know, folks, you know, you know what the insole, when you slide your foot in the, the insole, there is no insole. That actually, I guess, quote unquote, insole is just vegetable tanned leather. It's just a leather because it's, that's basically your outsole and your midsole, your welt and your insoles, all leather. It's all connected together. So there's nothing you can put in and remove. And then the upper is all just calf leather or goat leather or alligator, whatever exotic or, or animal you use. So when you first get on a pair of boots and you slip them on, you're on some, holy shit, these fit like a glove. Like I'm saying, the proper fit is important. And the thing that I love about the full leather shoes is the longer you wear them, your feet, they heat up, folks. They perspirate, they sweat, and they get hot. So over time, what does this leather like to do? It'll start curving to your foot. It'll start curving to your arch, the little bumps in your feet. It'll create a custom fit, basically. And that custom fit, when you keep wearing, let's say you wear it for six months, 12 months, a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 100 years, like literally, if you maintain your full leather goods, they will last you for generations, I promise you. So over time, the more I wear that boot, shaping to my foot, it's molding, it's almost becoming a custom-like shoe. Only I can wear it because the leather is heated up to my certain specifications to my foot, so... Do you and always you, buy those dead sock then? Yes. I yep. always, that's the hard part is you can get so many used yep. boots, but folks, when you get a used boot, especially with the leather outsole, when people walk, everybody walks differently. Sometimes when people might drag their, their heel or their inner or outer foot and their toe might scrape. So you don't want to get a full leather outsole that's already worn because it's already broken into that person's foot and it's been, they walk differently than you. Everybody walks differently. You, if I look at the bottom of your shoe right now, I can kind of tell how you walk just based off looking the tread wear. So from my experience, you don't buy used when it comes to full leather. In, in my opinion, like when you're walking, like you hear that clacking of leather and that you get a little slip. There's a little bit of slip action when you're wearing le full leather on the outsole. And it just kind of like puts me in like a Western vibe or it kind of transports me back in the day. Yeah. And it just feels, it's, it's uh, kind of an emotional thing, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I love it so much. And, and there's some boots that when I was talking about the upper and the lower, some people fill the cavity with cork, just like a Birkenstock. It's got the suede outside and that whole footbed is what we call it is cork. So the more you wear that Birkenstock, the more it's going to mold your foot. It's going to shape to it. So that's how when you put them on and I put them on, it fits differently. Because your weight pushes down on the on the cork, it'll mold to your toes and all that, and it'll be a custom fit. Yeah, no, and, and that's, I love those shoes, and it's for that exact reason. And that's one of the only shoes that I've worn that does have a leather, a leather sole. Yeah, it's, I mean it's yeah. So that's that's like like you said, like the, you switch from current categories and vibes. Like I'm razor sharp, focused into finding the best fit with the best quality materials. 
basically ever. And there's some, my, I mean, my dream, I mean, would kind of be to go to Texas and visit this one bootmaker that is my favorite bootmaker. His name is, um, his name is Lee, Lee Miller from Texas Traditions. He's a custom bootmaker who, when you go there, he'll, since everybody's foot is shaped differently, your right foot and your left foot, believe it or not, are different sizes and shapes. Yes. It's crazy. So they will go and measure your foot for like an hour and touch your foot and like see what part needs support and this and that. And they will make a custom boot for wow. you. But for that specific boot maker, Lee Miller, their wait list is like five, three to five years. Damn. For a wait list. That's like a Dr. Wu tattoo. It's exactly. It's ridiculous. So that would be like a dream of mine. And you got to wait three to five years. And guess what? You know how much you're spending for that boot? Yeah. Minimum. That was my question. Two to three thousand dollars. Upwards. If you can spend seven, eight, ten thousand, depending on how crazy you want to get with the leather, because he carries some leather that is like from like sunken ships. There's leather from like a sunken Russian ship that's been sitting underwater for like years and years. And it's got this crazy color and property to it. Like you can go crazy when it comes to the real Western stuff. And so like, who did you say he was? Uh, Lee Miller is his Lee name Miller. and he, he makes the boots and Great. he is, he was an apprentice to the classic bootmaker, Mr. Charlie Dunn. And I mean, just look, just look up Lee Miller or Charlie Dunn or Texas Traditions. There's a lot of insane bootmakers out there, but that's the one with comes to the greatest fit and finish. When I like to talk about the fit and finish of the boot, like we got the eye from StockX where we can kind of see the fit and finish. Are there any defects? How's the leather creasing? Yes. Is this is the stitching correct? So the greatest fit and finish is, is kind of my main priority. If you look at a, a Mercedes-Benz S550 and you look at the interior, the way the stitching is on the seats, there's no creaking in the doors. When you drive it, you don't hear like cracking and creaks in the plastic. It's all quality materials rather than like a Ford Edge. No. That. Where the doors will creak and this and that. So, exactly. Um, fit and finish is my priority now. That goes with everything. I, I It's like... I don't know. People will like lose their mind when they see um, a sweatshirt, let's say for four hundred dollars, and like maybe maybe that's pricey. But I don't know. When you get that sweatshirt and you feel that sweatshirt, then I can tell you if it's worth four hundred dollars or not. There's just it's there's so much that goes into every article of clothing, whether it's shoes, jacket, sweatshirt, t-shirt, doesn't matter. You get what you pay for most of the time, and that goes with anything, but especially with garments and shoes especially i think with the leather shoes the stuff stuff you're talking you get what you pay for it's like with with nike when you pay 160 dollars for a pair of shoes um you get what you pay for in the sense that like you're getting kind of just garbage it's just it just fits into a trend or into whatever the style is at the time but I appreciate that you buy those types of things. I appreciate your style right now. I like it. I like it's it's just unique and that's hard that's hard to do and it's definitely hard to find. I mean, how many people do you think dress like you? Um, it's probably there's, zero. It's it's I mean, you it's like it's like no, it's like I'm not trying to like brag oh I dress this better than whatever, but it's like I got my own style. Some people like it, some people hate it and it changes, it evolves, but if you you may look at my garments and think oh that's nothing, but for me, it's it's deeper. It's like everything everything, has meaning. That's everything on, is trial and error. Everything. Like it took me six pairs of double RL denim to find which one fits my waist well. And exactly. it's like even like 
the way the size of the belt this is a red wing belt that's made in america it's a it's like a chrome xl it's a leather they use um a, a full cut leather and they add a bunch of oils waxes and fats so it has that sheen it's got a sheen to it and when it creases and you dig your nail in there it kind of creates little givets and cuts and over time it will kind of con it'll kind of conform your waist like that's my key thing that I'm, I'm trying to put out there is if you buy products like I'm huge in the raw denim right now. If you buy a product that will pay dividends, if I buy this specific item, will it pay dividends in the future? Will it look better, fit better, and act better in the future? Will this garment do that? And there's only a handful of stuff that will do that. Plastic stuff, synthetic materials, unfortunately, no. Cotton will do that. 100% cotton will do that. 100% leather will do that. There's not many materials out there that would get better with age and kind of fit better with age. So it's basically I'm looking at I want cotton, wool, cashmere, you know, stuff like that, leathers that will kind of they get better with age and they're natural fibers. Uh, that's my big thing is I want to wear all kind of natural fibers. Um, they feel better. I think they I think they fit better <laughs> rather than polyester bullshit. No, like, and I think that that goes with a lot of things too, and that's just part of, in a way, buying things that don't depreciate in value. It's just like you're buying something that's sort of an investment. It's just it's, I mean, some of the newer Levi jeans that aren't some of the lower the cheaper Levi jeans that are newer. I think thirty dollar Macy jeans. Those are not what you want. Those are gonna they probably have polyester the day you try them on when you try them on in the fitting room that's the best they're ever gonna look the first time you wash them they're not gonna look like that again and every day that you wear them they're losing their shape rather than like john said rather than improving over time and that's that's something you can't beat yeah it's 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 kind of it's kind of it's almost ridiculous to a to a point where it gets frustrating at times because like i find that item that i think is going to be the one and then when i get it it's like oh they catfish me it's not kind of what i expected or it doesn't fit my waist well yeah. or the rise is too short and it can get frustrating because sometimes you want you find that perfect and that's the it's not the right size or it's not this it's not that or you end up missing the auction someone else bought it before like it's, it's it can get a little um you know stressful at times or frustrating but you know i try to keep it cool and 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 just be patient because it'll come, you know, it'll come. I think fit and proportion is just huge in general. I think you can wear almost anything and depending on how it fits you, like you, that's how, that's what makes you look good. You can't just wear a shirt because it's a cool shirt. If it doesn't fit you the right way, it doesn't fit you in the shoulders. If it doesn't fit you in the arms, the length, the chest, it's, it's not it. You just, it's like my style. I mean, there's the, that's, that's the problem like every day when I get dressed it's like there's shirts that I want to wear and there's shirts that fit me better and that's what I should wear today and those are the things I wear every day I wake up and I'm I feel I swear to god I'm a different size like the shirt that fit me great yesterday doesn't really look the same and thankfully I have a lot of t-shirts so like I can I can take the pick of whatever fits me best today but I think that's the most important thing 
in looking good and having good style is having things that proportion well with your body. And you can get away with having long legs or a long torso or something if you wear the proper proportioned clothing. Yeah, and the thing I want to kind of emphasize is is make sure like you're comfortable in your clothes and you're confident in your clothes. You know, your clothes should be your friend, not your enemy. You shouldn't wear this piece and it's fighting you. You should kind of um, it should help it should help improve you almost like a utilitarian aspect. It should should help you. It should be um, your friend. You know, it should be your buddy along the way. You're wearing it all day. You should be comfortable. Um, should fit you well and like i said the proportions because i've throughout the years i've just tried on so much denim and there's so many different rises of denim i'm on a high rise binge right now i like a high rise but some days i'm in the mood for a medium rise or a low rise apc does a lot of low rise denim and just depending on when you're wearing the low rise denim you got to acquire that with okay my upper maybe i can't wear it too long or i can't wear this longer coat or this longer shirt maybe i might tuck in a shirt the proportions have to be equal to your height and weight to kind of give out your best proportion itself i should say counts kind of it sounds kind of weird but um you kind of get it so like you can wear that nice up oversized upper with the skinnier lower and vice versa but it's all trial and error whatever works best for you know the person Exactly. You just gotta. You just gotta try stuff on. Like, don't be yeah, afraid to try things on. Just put whatever on. Like, just try on, take off. Try on, take off. Because you might get that idea on. Some, oh, I might piece up this with that, and you might have never thought about that combination three days ago. <laughs> you know. So I like. I love like just get some new stuff in. I unbox it. I look at it for like five minutes. Try it on. I try it on with this. Smell it. Get a look at the different lace it. This and that. So unboxings like that's like when the mailman pull up with the boxes bro oh it's over i love it's I love over like whatever i'm doing i'm stopping it if i'm eating <laughs> i'll run out the, like i'll grab the packages like run in the basement run to my run everywhere unbox it try it on look in the mirror on some dang yep this is like i was waiting i was checking that tracking number i know the post office be slacking nowadays but you can kind of play with the fit too, based on how you wash and dry. And once you get good at it, you can stretch t-shirts, you can shrink t-shirts to fit you better. It, that's kind of something that you just definitely have to get better at over time. You can stretch denim, you can dye it, you can do a lot of yeah, things, I mean, customize. It's, I mean, you, it's okay to customize certain things. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's I, definitely uh, okay. I think like you said, it's important that what you wear is comfortable and that you're confident in it. It's... it's um. It's definitely the way that you dress is definitely an opportunity to express yourself and you should utilize that. I, I've never understood people that just don't care at all about what they wear. Not like some people don't care as much as me and that's okay, but I, I've never understood people that don't care at all. It's just that's when you see people you don't know and you're walking down the street, it's that's all they have to judge you off of. And not that it's a good thing to judge people off what they're wearing, but you it's just an opportunity to express yourself. And I think people should always utilize that. It's, it's yeah, who you are. Cause visually, if you're, if you're looking at you, like you're, you're unconsciously absorbing information on someone's garments, you know, everywhere, the way they blink, the way their body language moves, the way they cross their legs, whatever it's, you're absorbing that. Even if you're thinking about it, you're not thinking about it. So, um, Put yourself in a situation 
where you can kind of be your best self. And it can be tough at times, but, you know, like Nick said, the trial and error is, it's important. It's fun. I mean, especially, I, I like nowadays, or just overall, there's, people are wearing, or wearing more unique stuff. I mean, I think you people walk care down, more nowadays. People care more nowadays. And, Probably because of social media and everything, and but. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of sucks, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's yin yang goody you know it's whatever you want to kind of break it down as but um you know i love looking at what people are wearing and when i'm walking down the street i kind of me too um, processing and absorbing okay you're wearing this and that okay i may be inspired from a certain garment or they may not know you know all the time all, all the time, the time. it's like oh that's awesome or i see something on the internet or a movie i love taking inspiration from films and recreating style a big one for me would be the the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Obvi- I mean, you guys could obviously tell Great that movie. And I've probably seen that movie six or seven times. And I've just when I seen that movie, that's what really struck me into the Western Western wear. Because every fit I've studied, I've paused and played, and I've studied like the way the fat, like the way they design, like the costume design. And I thought, like, holy crap. Like, I was just so inspired. And, like, from that day on, like, I will never, like, that was, like, the day that my, the turning point for me was, like, what's it, July 2019? Mm. Was the movie came out and. Right around there. And I was, like, dude, I, that, that night I was on eBay and everywhere I could look. Just trying to kind of recreate that vision in reality, which I think is super cool. I take so much inspiration from things like that. Like, I love that you got, like, a whole style and a whole vibe from that movie because, like, that happens to me all the time, whether it be something simple, like you said, where you're walking down the street and you just see... It might not even be, like, a a jacket that you like that the guy's wearing, but you like how he's wearing it and, like, the style and, like, that kid... I don't know. I just... You got to be a sponge. You got to just be ready to absorb. You got to be looking to grow, look for things that you can build on yourself and I I don't think that it's copying or anything like that either I feel like sometimes people fear that when you see somebody and they're wearing something that you like like if John's posting these boots on his Instagram you don't want to copy John by buying the boots but it's not like that it's just kind of you just got to take the bits and pieces that you like from the things in your environments and like that's how you create who you are off off the experiences and off the different things that you see and like that's a beautiful thing just going out and i love seeing what people are wearing and it, and it could be you guys said last week but it could be a guy um in a or a guy or, or a girl in an off-white belt and it doesn't matter to me i just see that and all right like the, they're on that tip that's what they're doing that's that's where they're at right now in their level of evolution on their journey it's all a journey bro because no, we 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 all great. start our journey and end our journey at different times so if you love this, like, trust me, at one point I loved items that I hate now or exactly. I hate items that I love now. It's, uh, wait, I just kind of, excuse I, my vocabulary. It's like embarrassing to think about some of the things that I've worn before or this or that, but like everything, it's a all jer- that stuff journey, led to here. It, it, it always yeah, improves. It's like, it's like this, if I didn't buy this certain piece, I wouldn't have sparked this note in my brain to learn this or look at that. So it's basically, you're just, you're hopping on the lily pad with the frogs and hopping station to station. Um, you're turning rocks over. You know, you're skipping stones in the water. 
sometimes the only time you know you don't like something is if you buy it. You got to buy it to realize that that's not for you or you don't like this brand or you don't like this. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you're never wasting time or you're never wasting money. You're never wasting energy. You're always learning from this or that. And it, 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 add, it pays, like I said, I mean, I try to emphasize this. It pays dividends in the long run. You may not just trust the process, folks. Trust the process because it will pay dividends. It will pay dividends in the long run. I just I feel like that's just so important because, oh, I don't want to trial. I don't want to do trial and error. No, but it'll it'll it's not a waste of time. It'll it'll pay dividend. It may yeah. be torturous in the beginning, but at the end, it's it's gonna pay off. No, you, like you just said, it's um it's a process, and I we said earlier, you gotta love it. You just you gotta be into it. You gotta want to be into it. You gotta want to be informed. There's so much to learn about so many different things, like. I've learned so much since I started. When we first started thrifting and going through stuff, we we didn't even check the t-shirt sections. We thought that that was worthless. We didn't realize that t- any sort of t-shirts had any money. And that was, we talk about it all the time because people weren't thrifting then and how much stuff we m- probably missed. Um, so it's just, it's just a process. You just have to learn. And there's so much to learn, whether it's about uh, leather or it's about denim, it, it, there's or it's t-shirts there's so much to learn and there's so many different variations and you just have to want to learn it you have to want it's it's just like anything else it's not as simple as some people think it is there's there's more to it yeah there's it's not like a it's not a four-year degree you know you don't (laughs) just go and get your undergrad your bachelor's and, and call it quits you go get a career no this is a constant like you if you it's a constant learning level you love you know it's love and hate and that all that together and that's it's you, every single day, there's something I pick up on or I learn about myself when it comes to, to wearing garments or, or just looking at garments on the internet. And especially nowadays, it's like so much competition online. It's ridiculous, <laughs> man. It's like you think like, oh, nobody's looking for this. I'm going to sneak this one. <laughs> Five minutes later, it's sold. It's like, damn, how did that guy from Arkansas grab that deal? I thought nobody was looking for this. And you're like, shit, yep. there's a competition. There's folks... There's folks out there's folks out there just like all of us guys and girls it's they're on the hunt we're on the hunt it's competition so you got to you got to start sometimes you got to pay that sometimes you got to empty your pocket for some shit man No oh, and chances are if you're buying the right stuff whatever price you paid you're going to be able to sell it for more and we talked about the smashing pumpkin shirt earlier I sold that to Rosie for 3 or 400 I don't remember but she could sell it today for 6 or 700 and she's been wearing it for however long it's been since I sold it to her and you just got to be able to, I don't know, you, you got to you gotta be swift, man. Sometimes yep. it's like I shopped, I bought so much shit today, this week, I'm not going to buy anything. But you, oh, that one auction comes up or that one buy it now best offer pops up right away. And it's like, crap, I was looking for that, but I bought all that. Sometimes you just got to, you got to bite the bullet, man. Yep. No, you got to bite the bullet because it'll be, it'll worth it. And it's worth it in the long the run. The stuff's hard to find. And every day that goes by, there's less and less of it because... There's people like me that are buying it just for my collection and I'm not even going to wear it and it's just going to sit there and it's not going to be for sale again. And there's there's just less and less of this stuff every day, whether it's the Nirvana and Utero tea. Oh, man. That goes up every even, single day. There's one less day. in the world. Some guy wore his yesterday and spilt Kool-Aid all over it. Like, that's ruined. He's throwing it away. He doesn't care. And so I don't know. You if 
it's 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 kind of an investment that's the way i look at all of these things like i buy clothes brand new and i hold them like they're a stock and like they just sit in a bin it's definitely an investment it's 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 ridiculous how some of the prices have gone up and some items i've owned back in the day that i bought for five for a thousand bucks some crazy you know shoe the l an lv jasper i bought for 1250 way back in high school sold it for 1600 made a clean couple hundred bucks then nowadays you look it's worth seven eight thousand dollars yeah that shit that hurts and that was back in 2015 and it it, at the same time it doesn't hurt because imagine the profit i made off that profit off the profit you know how many things you bought with that 1600 it's 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 tough so either you hold you hold you hold you hold and you never sell or you sell it for a big bag and then you reuse that profit exactly it's it can kind of it's a battle it, of both. It, it can kind of it can go both ways yep. you can hold that item or you can sell it and reuse the like it's 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 yeah reinvest some stuff reinvest. some stuff just has a connection where you, you just you physically cannot like you emotionally yes. cannot let it go yes and, um those are some you know more important items that you can't you know you can't put a monetary value on no it's all very situational it, it you just i don't know my best recommendation is to buy things well, with socks, they say you buy low, sell high. So you, if you figure out that there's something that you want, you wait. You can wait for it. You wait for a good price, and you buy it at a price that you know you can sell it for more. And you'll always be winning. I mean, you're gonna have to spend a little money up front, but once you, you know, you spend a thousand dollars on some clothes and you bought only things that you can sell for more, then after you've worn those for a little bit, you sell all that stuff. Now you have fifteen hundred dollars, and then you buy all clothes with that, and you sell all that stuff. Now you have twenty five hundred dollars, and it's just a game, and if it's you play just, it right, you can win. Yeah, I mean, folks, I mean, we're not econ majors here. You know, no. we're not finance. You know, we're just we're just a couple of kids from the suburbs that like clothes, man. At the yep. end of the day, that's just what it boils down fun. to. And and you can't knock. You can't. I can never knock a hustle. I can never knock somebody's hustle. So it's nothing but love to everybody, and it's it's fun, dude. I mean, just enjoy your enjoy whatever, and. I think we kind of touched on a lot of topics we were kind of um, wanted to touch base on and kind of gave people a nice a nice um, glimpse into the the niche market of you know I guess the category of clothes and shoes uh, Nick Nick Dettori buddy I appreciate it appreciate you being on the podcast I know the folks at home they they and I hope you guys you know enjoyed listening to it yeah it's uh it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for having me and um i hope everybody enjoys it's just a little insight on how much we love clothes yeah it's it's just like we like i I can sit here and stretch this out to eight to nine hours but um we gave you guys enough to ponder and think on and it's we love it man it's at the end of the day we just love it and i you know i can't wait to you know you got to show me that that gucci bag and that fragment tee when right when we cut this off but (laughs) Coming to you live from Detroit, folks. I'm looking out the window. I'm catching views. The city's building up. And when the COVID wears off, let's get back into the groove. Thanks, Nick DeTore. Appreciate you coming on. Till next time, cheers.